Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and today I'm joined by Diana. And uh, we decided we're going to do a special episode. Because when you look at fictional characters, comic book characters, you know, you always... You always want to kind of match up characters, you know, Batman versus Superman or Batman versus Captain America, like really real Titanic characters, you know, who would win in a fight. And uh, I think we picked two classic cinematic characters today that are really going to put up a, a good fight against one another. Diana, what do you what do you think? No, I think so. Like it, it'll be it's, it's going to be a close fight. Oh, it absolutely will be a close fight. Now, now these two gentlemen. Uh, they guard, they guard the common man. They guard the people. They guard the hood. Of course, we're talking about uh, in one corner. We have with his his medallion of power, his giant afro, undercover brother. And Diana, who's he going up against? The nunchuck wielding protector of the streets, Black Dynamite. Yes, people have been asking for it. We're delivering it. Black Dynamite versus undercover brother. Uh, first of all, I mean, what do you think of, just in general, before we get down to these two doing battle, what do you think of them in general? Like, the, the movies that we saw them in, the characters, what what was so appeal- appealing about them? I don't know. Even, like, even, it's it's just that they're, because they fight for everybody. It's like, even though Undercover Brother fights for the Brotherhood, and then, like... Black Dynamite's like fighting for the inner city. It's like they fight for everybody. So it's like, and that's appealing. And just the movies that they're in, they're just really funny for anybody. Anybody could watch them. You don't need to be like black to get all the humor. It's like anybody could watch. Like anybody could watch Black Dynamite and they'd love it. Absolutely. So if you're not familiar with either film, Black Dynamite was a film that came out a few years back. Uh, Michael Jai White, who's better known as Spawn, or or is he? <laughs> um, he basically did his take on on the classic '70s black exploitation films: uh, Shaft, Superfly, um, Cleopatra Brown, stuff like that. Uh, Undercover Brother came out before se- that. I think. Yeah, it came out several years ago. It starred Eddie Griffin, uh, comedian. Uh, who played Undercover Brother, and it was kind of like a play on those black exploitation films, but brought to today. Um, I think they both did a great job. I mean, it, the humor was great. You know, the the subject matter they were kind of poking fun at. I mean, they, I think they, I think both films were very funny and very like they weren't offensive. Yeah, like it's like it's like even though even though it's like you'd think that like. That like 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 a southern or midwestern like you can't put them on the movie theater. It's like it's like if they watched it, they 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 wouldn't have any problem with it. They're made so well that it won't even antagonize like Billy Hicksby, who like out in Montana. So yeah, so Billy Hicksby, if you're if you're listening, you can watch these films. You won't be offended. I remember when I saw Undercover Brother. I saw it in the movies. It was like a weekday. I had a day off. I was like. All right, let me go check this film out. When I went in there, it was me. There was sitting four or five rows in front of me. There were two uh, African-American gentlemen, young men. And behind me, a few rows behind me, were about four or five. They were white girls. I mean, they were the classic white girls, you know, all done up, the mall. The entire theater, which was basically all of us, which I just explained, everybody loved it. Everybody got a great laugh. And... When we inter- when we talk about one of the supporting characters, an undercover brother, I got to just tell a funny story about that. So, when we when we get down to it, 
when we get down to it, who's going to win this fight? So I think both these guys have well matched. What's very well matched? Like if they go one on one, it'll be a close fight. Oh, absolutely. It will be a close fight. Uh, you know, black dynamite, like like Diana said, nunchuck wielding. Uh, now, let's let's look at his background. Now, he he served in Vietnam. And he was also in the CIA he at was the also same time. With, with a license to kill. Yeah. Uh, and he knows, what was it? The, the pie in the window maneuver. Uh, that's right. The pie in the window maneuver. The, uh, uh, there was the other one. Yeah, he knows all these maneuvers to fake you out. Um... He's a master of kung fu. Yeah. And licensed to kill. He's got a huge gun. <laughs> um, he's a pimp, too, I think. No, but, like, he's a pimp in the sense that he gets he gets, he gets gets the girls away from the bad pimp so that they could work. But then, like, they won't be exploited by him. Oh, that's right. He got him away from Crenshaw Pete. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, we got Undercover Brother, who his father bestowed upon him a medallion... Truth, justice, power. Uh, he is also a student of kung fu. Uh, he studied. Oh boy, and I'm now totally blanking on his name. Uh, he was a, a black exploitation star. He was Black Belt Jones in the '70s. He starred with Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon. I'll probably remember his name uh, halfway through, but you know, he's he's a master of disguise. That's true. He is. He he's able he's able to infiltrate the whitest of spaces. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, they're pretty evenly matched. So I think before we get down to these two facing off, they both have really good support teams. So let's yeah. let's take a look at that. Uh, where, where do you want to start? Uh, Black Dynamite, I guess. Okay, so Black Dynamite. Even though it looks like he rolls alone, he's got a crew behind him. So who 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 are some of the guys in his crew? He's got Bullhorn. Cream Corn, Saeed, he's got Kung Fu Bitches as quoted in his theme song. Are those are those the same ones that work with Queen B? They are the ones, yeah, because... Because when he leaves, Queen B is like, don't worry, I'll keep them up on their Kung Fu. Absolutely, that's right, his Kung Fu Bitches. And he has, and he has militants, just, just militants behind him. Absolutely, very well-spoken militants, by the way, uh, <laughs> who apparently read off the cue cards. Now... On the other side, an undercover brother. Now, undercover brother is a member of the Brotherhood, so he. Well, he was a reluctant member of the Brotherhood. He he rolled alone for the longest time. That's right, until he realized that he had to be part of a team. Kind and, of like, kind of like Black Dynamite too. Like, like, well, he he him him and Queen B were rolling before then, but like, Cream Corn, Bullhorn, Saeed, they're all new. Well, it's, it's more I think because we definitely see Cream Corn buys into what Black Dynamite's going to do. Yeah. Bull- Even though he was a bad guy at first. Right. Bullhorn's got his back no matter what. Yeah. And it looked like him and Saeed were good friends. So. Yeah. So, in the Brotherhood, we got the Chief, of course. Uh, you have... Smart Brother. S- smart Brother. You had Conspiracy Brother, who I just got to say, you know, this is this is a Dave Chappelle you want to see on the film. This was like classic Dave Chappelle. And then he has Sister Girl. Sister Girl. And, of course... You know, because affirmative action is in place. You had Doogie Hauser playing Lance. And Lance Lance is very key. He he comes in very key towards the end. So, yeah. so when you break it down, who do you think's got the better crew there? Uh, I think Undercover Brother just has more resources. I mean, I think I think what gives the edge to Undercover Brother is he's got smart brother. Yeah, because like because like the chief could be like Saeed there though those two are evenly matched. 
Um, Queen Bee versus Sister Girl, because Queen Bee has a crew she can beat Sister Girl. It's um, Conspiracy Brother. What's he gonna do? Cream Corn can beat him. But then. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. But then Smart Brother, he'll be able to, like, he, he'll, he'll, he'll be able to know, like, one of the militants has a wife as he holds up, like, because, like, He'll he'll hold up the picture sentimentally, and he'll look into her eyes sentimentally, and he'll tell you that he has a wife. So smart brother will be able to figure that out, and he'll be able to exploit that. Yeah, I think I think we got to give the edge to to undercover brother. He's he's got he's got the better crew, and I think it's smart brother that really tips it in his in his favor. Yeah, because like he'll be able to, or he's like he like he's able to organize it. It's like. It's like I saw this video where it's like if 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 the Justice League fought Thanos or if the Avengers thought fought Darkseid, they said the the Justice League could beat Thanos a because Thanos is weaker than Darkseid, but because they have better planning around Batman. Yeah, but I mean, I think we're talking about a much more serious battle here. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, this I mean, is for the fate, this is for the fate of the free world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Justice League—that's comic book stuff. I mean, this is this is hard. This is the streets right here. Um, who do you think? Who do you think Black Dynamite Undercover Brother? Who do you think is more in touch with the streets? Like, like the common man, like the person that they're fighting for. Who do you, who do you who do you think's got the edge there? I think Undercover Brother, because Black Black Dynamite is blinded by his mission that he's lost touch with the community. See, I don't know though, because you know, don't forget, you know, we found out that Black Dynamite is an orphan. Is an orphan, not the orphans. <laughs> And he shakes the kid. He's like, "You gotta get the drugs out of you." Yeah, I mean, and you know, when he uh, when he rolled up on the player's ball with all the pimps there, I mean, they showed him respect. They did, but then I think, but then like he's rolling up to like pimps and drug dealers who show him respect. But then when he's on the street, when he's on the street later on after he fixes the community, they only know him as as. As the guy their mother would talk about, not the hero he is. While in the opening to Undercover Brother, he's shown with the kids. He 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 gives them. A, he he lets the kid hold the medallion, and he feels the power. So I think Undercover Brother is more in touch with the community, while Black Dynamite is blinded by his mission. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna buy that. Arya. that's absolutely right. Yeah, that's very very true. Uh, yeah. So that's that's like another check in the column of Undercover Brother now. Both the both these guys, undercover brother, black dynamite, they come up against some some serious enemies. Who do you think, you know, who whose enemies do you think are like who's who's are you more scared of? Like who who are you more worried about? Hmm. Like, I think I think I think black dynamite. Okay, why is that? Because 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 undercover brother, he's fighting Doctor Featherhead, right? Or Mister Featherhead? Mister Featherhead. Yeah. And then the man, but then as you see later in the movie. You take out one of his lackeys, the man runs away scared. But Black Dynamite, he fights Cream Corn, he bests him, he throws his car off a hill, and Cream Corn is able to survive that crash. So for a lackey, he's pretty tough. Then, he, you find out that he, he fights a mole. His old partner from the CIA and the Vietnam War was against him, so he needs to overcome that personal boundary. Mm-hmm. Then he fights treacherous Dr. Wu, who's able to kill Bullhorn, Cream Corn, Saeed, and militant number three. True. So then, and then after that, well, no, not Cream Corn, because Cream Corn lives against treacherous Dr. Wu, but the final enemy, Tricky Dick Nixon, he kills Cream Corn. 
So then, undercover brother, they're, they they all come out fine against Mr. Featherhead, but then Black Dynamite, his crew is stripped away from him as he fights these enemies. So I just think out of threat level, it's more serious. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and like you said, you know, when undercover brother bests, you know, Mr. Feather, uh, yeah, the man turns and runs. But Black Dynamite, he's got to fight his way all the way up to the top. The, like the man and his man is Tricky Dick Nixon, and he doesn't kill him. He lets him live. Yeah, like he. It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like what Ezio did at the end of Assassin's Creed Two. Okay, where he's just like go ahead. Where he's just like you. He's like he's like you. You're you're so horrible. You got to live with all the horrible things you did. So then it's just kind of like that's why he lets him live. And he steals his wife at the end, so you know. That's right, he did. He did apologize for, for pimp slapping her though. Yeah, he did, because when they're fighting, he slaps Richard Nixon's wife. He just backhands Richard Nixon's wife. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Nixon. I didn't mean to pimp slap you. <laughs> Alrighty, so head to head. The crews are taken out, the enemies are gone. There's only two men left standing. Undercover brother, black dynamite. They're facing off. Who are you going to pick? And I'll tell you my pick. Undercover brother. I'll go undercover brother. See, I I, I got to go black dynamite. All right, okay, so, so all right, so all right, so why do you think undercover brother is going to come out on top? This this is one on one now, one on one, and it's Jim Kelly. I just remember Jim Kelly is the one that trained uh, undercover brother. <laughs> because I think uh, undercover brother is able to. Not only is he a like I think I think if it was just if undercover brother didn't have any other skills um he would he would be bested by black dynamite in a fight because black dynamite he's better with the nunchucks he has a gun while 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 undercover brother just has his kung fu but undercover brother you forget is also a master of disguise and a master manipulator mm, okay so then what 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 could happen is is that he could he could somehow pretend that he was in his platoon in Vietnam or he was one of the kids that he killed in Vietnam and then he could get the edge on him. You know, like, it's like he's beaten and then he, like, crawls away and then Black Dynamite's looking for him but then he puts on the disguise of a little Vietnamese kid and he's like, you killed my mom in Vietnam and he's just like, now she can't put the pie on the windowsill and then all these things come back to Black Dynamite and that's when Undercover Brother gets a jump. All right, now I think Black Dynamite because I think his kung fu is superior. I mean, he, he beat... Treacherous Dr. Wu. And his treacherous Kung Fu. Yeah. I mean, that's no easy feat. And, you know, you talk about trickery. Uh, we saw that Treacherous Dr. Wu had a uh, a boomerang. I don't know. It was something. It's like a boomerang sword, yeah. Yeah, that they just threw and then it just magically appears somewhere else. And uh, that's how we took him out. Threw Be- it before he came in the room. I threw it before I came in the room! Uh, he's got the nunchucks. He's got the gun. Uh, he's physically bigger. And, you know, I, I think, I think if he believes that Undercover Brother is a threat to his community, I think he's going to stop at nothing to take him out. That's true. Because, because Undercover Brother is a little too corporate because he's in the Brotherhood. But I will, I will say I do like Undercover Brother's fighting style. Uh, you know, he, he delivers his, his punches and kicks with like, Shaka Khan and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I do, I do like that though. Yeah. So I don't, but I don't know. I still think that with his that with his silver tongue, undercover brother could manage a win. Yeah, but let's not forget, undercover brother's got a weakness. Oh, he does have a weakness. But 
Oh, and if Black Dynamite already bested Tricky Dick, he has access to that weakness. Now, Undercover Brother, if you didn't see the film, the 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 man, uh, Mr. Feather, like learned that Undercover Brother was going to infiltrate the man, <laughs> basically, uh, and he unleashed upon him. I call her the Black Man's Kryptonite, which in the film was Denise Richards. Now, like I said, when I saw this in the movies, uh, four or five young white girls behind me, two African American gentlemen in front of me. And when they said that, my feeling was, oh man, this is this is not going to be good. So the next scene, Denise Richards comes out, the girls behind me start laughing, and the two guys in front of me just go, oh damn! And I'm sitting there thinking, I guess it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's his that's his weakness. I mean, he infiltrated the man. He he successfully believe had them believe that's true, and she out manipulated him. But he was still so charming that she did fall in love with him. So could Richard Nixon's wife truly fall in love, come full circle, fall in love with Undercover Brother? But then, but then, whose crew did we say was better? Undercover Brother, right? Undercover, we gave it the edge because of Smart Brother. So then, Smart Brother would be able to snap Undercover Brother out of whatever thing he is, and now he has Tricky Dick's wife. Well, let's not also forget, when Undercover Brother was under the influence of White She-Devil, it was Sister Girl. Sister Girl did get him out. Like, no matter... Yeah, it's true. So, I don't know if Smart Brother could do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think... I I mean... I think it's going to be a good fight either way. But, I think when it came down to it, the two of them would realize that they have a common enemy, a common goal. Yeah. That's the film I want to see. Undercover Brother and Black Dynamite. What do you think? Yeah, no, if they came together, like, it would just, like, just pull in their... Well, 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 all of Black Dynamite's guys are dead, so I can't be, like, <laughs> see Bullhorn with Conspiracy Brother. That that won't happen. But it's just, um, what is, uh, just, just, just a blend of the comedy styles. Just, like, in, like, if it, like, an actual movie, i just love to see that. Oh, well, speaking of that, so Undercover Brother, Black Dynamite, which film... This is, this is a tough question, because I'm, I'm still thinking about this. Which film do you think was better? I think Undercover Brother. Oh, it's, I'm really torn. I, I think I would give the slight edge to Undercover Brother. Slightly, slightly. Yeah, no, it's not like... like Even though it sounded easy for me to say that Undercover Brother was better, that, that's because I knew we were talking about this, so I thought about what movie was better, and it for me, it is Undercover Brother. So now let me ask you, because you know when you look at the world of comics and and fiction and whatnot, there's other sort of champions of the common man, champions of the hood. How do you think like Undercover Brother, Black Dynamite? How do they stack up against? Let's start with, uh, let's start with Black Lightning. Yeah. How, uh, how do you think they stack up? Like, uh, I mean, and I know. Look, we're treating this topic very seriously, but Undercover Brother, Black Dynamite. I mean, they are comedic characters. They're character caricature you know what I mean um but like seriously like if you really looked at them as serious characters how do you think and I'm not saying like who would win in a fight but do you think like they they would rank up there with like let's say a black lightning uh I don't know yeah like if they if they were like if like it's like cause I could really see like like undercover brother and his adventures in the brotherhood being like a comic published by like IDW or something. Okay. It's like I could see that in like 
if if all the militants didn't die, if the militants, Bullhorn, Cream Corn, if they didn't die, I could see his, like, IDW taking over Black Dynamite as a comic. So it's like, these are stories that do have longevity to them. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, they're, they're camp, they're sort of, I mean, they're, they're clearly homages to the black exploitation films of the 70s, which, honestly... I, but I, now, now there's Shaft 3. So there's, even though they were made just as, like, a quick, like, in a way to, like, exploit black audiences to make money, it's still, those films still stuck with them, because that's why we have Undercover, that's why we have Shaft 3. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, like, if you ever watch the original Shaft, uh, Shaft Goes to Africa, uh, you watch Black Belt Jones, you watch uh, Cleopatra Brown, uh, you know, even if you watch Blackula, I mean, these films... You know, they were made at a time, they were made in the 70s, where black filmmakers were like, they had to do this on their own because Hollywood was not going to let them in. And they did the best that they could, you know, and I think you see it more in Black Dynamite because it's pretty much made like a black exploitation yeah. film. Like you see cut scenes. There's a scene where... where uh, the guy gets slapped for real, they mess up the fight and he goes, come on, man! <laughs> yeah. And the guy playing Bullhorn's like, oh, man, like he's back. And then they cut back to it. Uh, you and know, even the militants, like what we were joking about is like, like Black Dynamite enters the room and like the militants turn around menacingly, and then he goes, "Who's in charge?" Sarcastically, "I'm in charge." Right, exactly. Like he's he's reading the cue cards, you know, and he's reading like what would you call that? Like cues on the cue cards. Yeah, like the like the stage directions. Yeah, there you go. Like the stage directions, you know, and you know, yeah. I mean, both films like they they were an homage. Like Undercover Brother was like a a, a tight sort of like like if if that black exploitation culture existed and it was real and Black Dynamite was just like if Michael Jai White was around in the 70s and he wanted to make an action hero film this is probably what it would have looked like yeah um yeah I mean I, I really think I would much rather see films like that than and I love Samuel L. Jackson don't get me wrong I hated him as Shaft and I have no intention of watching Shaft 3 yeah it's just uh but but the fact that there is a Shaft 3 shows that these characters stick around and the fact that Blackula in, in the show The Venture Brothers there is a character and he's a Blackula hunter so these things so these characters they stick around with people there's something about them that sticks so these stories could very well be adapted today there could be a Black Dynamite 2 an Undercover Brother 2 or just like a comic about them absolutely or you know somebody coming up with you know uh, Pam Greer who was, you know, she was... Cle- I mean, you had in Austin Powers 3, you had Beyonce doing Foxy Cleopatra. I mean, that's what she was. She was like that Pam Greer character or or that, you know, the characters that Pam Greer played in the 70s. So, you know, as much as these films can be seen as like goofs and jokes, yeah, I mean, they are pretty culturally significant. And it's February. It's Black History Month. I mean, I think these films like should actually be talked about and included in it yeah because like it's 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 a part of the it's like it's not like it's not like your w.e.b dubois but it's still it's still it's still something that resonates with the community and even then like i said in the beginning how you don't need to be black to appreciate the movie and find it funny is that it's something that like it's something that's universal that any it's like a piece of like even though it's not like black culture at its highest like it's no W.E.B. Dubois or something it's still it's still something to be talked about and I mean this is 
going to kind of be a poor comparison, but you know, when you look at like Southern culture, redneck culture, you know, like them or not, I mean, Larry the Cable Guy, uh, Jeff Foxworthy, <laughs> rich, yeah. But I mean, they're they're like they're kind of doing the same thing. They're taking those tropes and stereotypes of like a redneck or you know things like that. And you know, even back in the day, I used to watch like the Ernest films. Uh, you know, you could you could dismiss them as dumb films, but it's like you know they're they're kind of doing the same thing that these films are doing, like taking their sort of culture and bringing it to a mass audience. Yeah, but. I don't know. I think I think Black Dynamite's a little bit more sincere than like Ernest goes to jail. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now I have the big question because I I know you're also a fan of this legendary African American character. Yeah. If Medea was in trouble, who was she calling? Oh wow! She, oh silence! Oh, oh, because okay. it, you need to think about it because you think because because you think undercover like because you think Black Dynamite's like tougher. So it's like because like so you think Medea would go to him. But then, like, first, this is, like, a truly globe-ending scenario where Medea would ask for help. Yeah, why would Medea need help? But I think that she'd go to Undercover Brother because Medea, Medea, even though she did used to work the streets, mm-hmm. she doesn't she doesn't have respect for that anymore. So she wouldn't... So, so the fact that Black Dynamite does own, like, a brothel, but even though it's to keep the girls from being exploited... I don't think she'd she'd appreciate that she'd go to undercover brother. Yeah, I could totally see that, and plus, I think she would think he's cuter. Yeah, <laughs> and also, I don't know who I, like Medea doesn't go to church, but she 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 needs somebody who 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 is reverent, and I think undercover brother is more reverent. There you go. There you go. I knew. I, 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 you know, we didn't talk about that before. We, we kind of planned this episode out. But Diana is a huge Medea fan. I love Medea. It's like, because, it, because I was, I watched Boo to a Medea Halloween opening night in the movie theaters, and it was just everybody was there. There was black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, and we were all able to laugh together. Like the, like the theater was packed. It wasn't even like me a white guy, three black guys, and an Asian guy in the back. It's like, it was packed. Everybody was there, and we were all able to laugh at Medea. And I just think that was a beautiful thing, because, like, now it's like, when 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 I saw Black Panther, and then Eric Killmonger said, he said, like, bury me in the ocean where my ancestors threw themselves off the ships because they knew it was better than being a slave. And I love that line. It was such a powerful line. But there were, like, white people in the background laughing at it. I'm just like what but then so then like clearly it's like for some white people hearing hearing a line like that and the truth that that line speaks they're not ready for it but Mm -hmm. then in Medea everybody was able to come together and laugh at it so then it's just like something that's able to unite everybody and not be as divisive and like even now the Black Panther without looking at the lines it's like there are people who are like pissy because like oh well Black Panther is just because they're black that's why they're nominated for an Oscar and then like while there is politics involved in choosing the Oscar picks that's why Sorry to Bother You was not nominated and I'm still pissed about that because Sorry to Bother You is the best movie that came out this year but anyway it's just like it's just that it's just that Medea like it's it's not it doesn't it didn't cause any like boundaries it's like everybody was able to and it's not even like I didn't get the sense that like it was just like a white guy laughing like look at this stupid black lady it's just like they were able to like get the jokes and it was just like it was so 
Medea was so innocent enough that everybody was able to laugh. Yeah, and then I think a film like Sorry to Bother You, which, just like you, I'm very upset that there's, like, no nominations for it. Um, I enjoy... I mean, we both love that film a lot. And one of the reasons I loved it is I remember... And I forget which movie we saw where we saw the trailer. I think it was Deadpool 2. Maybe it was. My reaction at first was like, oh, my God, an original idea. I wasn't like, this looks like a cool urban film or whatever. I was like, this is something original. Yeah. And then, like, when you watch it, it's just... It's just... It talks about so much. It talks about so much. And it's just... Like, I can, like... I think I think that's why it didn't get nominated because the white people in in the in the academy like the old stuffy white people were too afraid of it because of what it was saying. That's why it didn't get any nominations. And the thing is, you know, about that film and you know, whatever. But the thing about that film is is the guy that wrote it and I I wish I knew his name because I mean, he wrote it first of all, he wrote it a few years ago because the first thing people said was, well, he's attacking Donald Trump. He wrote this back when Obama was president. He's not attacking the man. The he's basically saying this is America. America is a giant corporation and it exploits everybody. It just happens to exploit some people more than others, but white, black, Hispanic, Asian, Martian, whatever you are, if you're an average citizen, this is what's going on. Like that's what the, that's what I think that's the message I got from that film. Yeah. Is and it's just yeah, but, but I think but, but I think like the point of view that it was told from scared a lot of people. Yeah, because they didn't want because they thought it was just going to be like, especially in the trailers where they wanted where they like they really wanted people to come in like on the comedy. It's like all they showed in the trailers is just like the black guy using his like David Cross white voice. But then it's just like, well, that is a substantial part of the movie, and when you watch the movie, it actually does make a lot of sense, and it's part of the message. But then it's just a lot of people saw that, and then like it's like it's like Billy Hicksby from Montana was just like, oh, they're just making fun of white people in this movie, so that's what scared a lot of people off. Yeah, and it's really it's really a tragedy that, and I mean, I, I don't want to take anything away from Black Panther. I liked it; it was a good film, but it's like it's kind of like like. On my podcast, it's like we haven't coined the phrase yet, but I like I wanna I wanna coin it now. So on my next episode, we could talk about it. <laughs> is that it's 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 yeah I I wanna call, like like how Captain Marvel for me is like is is corporate feminism, where it's like where Captain Marvel is just like oh yes like let's just have what my co-host says is like a strong female character, and then like what that is is that like. Um, it's just she has no personality. Her only personality is tough guy. She's not allowed to emote. And it's just there they think like if we show a tough girl, then like that's that's feminist, right? And I feel like at times like Black Panther did get a little the message did get a little lost. It's like part of what I wanted to see more is that I wanted more Killmonger because like I kind of feel like by the time he said what his goal was, the movie was almost over and we didn't get time to explore it. Yeah, and and I guess you know some people might say, well, it's a superhero film. Like I want action. But and, like the dark, the the Dark Knight was able to explore themes without sacrificing the action and everything. It's like I think, I think there was a draft of Black Panther where there was a lot more Killmonger and a lot more of his message and his goals. But then, 
some executive at Marvel said no, and they just crossed it all out and shoved it in at the end. Yeah, and I mean, superhero films can have... I mean, Wonder Woman had some good messages in it. Um, She was, you know, quote-unquote, a strong female character. No, but she was allowed to, like... She was allowed to have fun. She was allowed to smile. She was allowed to, like... She saw a baby. Yeah, she, she, she was allowed to, like, do that to, like... She was allowed to be silly. It's like... But even even at the end, where her mission was, I'm going to stop Ares because Ares is corrupting you. And it then, wasn't that like I'm gonna punch Ares because I'm super tough and I got brass knuckles and a giant gun. It's like she stopped him with the power of love. Like sure, she fought him, like they punched and like everything. But then in the end, it was her her love is what fueled the defeat of like Ares. So then, like, that's kind of like... She was allowed to embrace those stereotypically female aspects. But what I liked about it is... And we're really off topic, but whatever. What I really liked about it is... Is that love that she had was her love for Steve. Her love for humanity. And she still had that love after Steve had the realization... Or kind of explained to her, like, there is no Aries. It's it's us. It's mankind. Like, we're we're not that great. You know, you think we're so great and we're being corrupted. But it's we're us. the ones who choose. We, we're the ones who pull the trigger. We're the ones who make the bombs. It's like her whole world was cut out. Like her whole fight was cut out from underneath her. But then she still saw that just because there is evil there, there's still good. And that the good should always be fought for because it can triumph over whatever evil is conjured up. And I just can't wait for Wonder Woman 84 because he is confirmed to come back. I don't know in what capacity, but you you can't tell me that that's not going to mess with her yeah. seeing Steve Trevor. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, if I had a, if I looked into the, the darling blue eyes of, of one Chris Pine, uh, I don't know. I'd get messed up, too. Good-looking guy. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I guess this is a good time to wrap it up. I mean, this started off as a fun Black Dynamite versus <laughs> Undercover Brother. And uh, we had a great time really just discussing films in general. So, Diana, uh, before we go, please, uh, you mentioned it. Talk about your podcast and where they could find it. We are Elseworlds Finest. And Elseworlds is all one word. And it's D apostrophe S. Because, like, some people are like, Else Space Worlds. I'm like, no, you've never read a DC comic before. It's Else Worlds. So we're Else Worlds Finest, and we're everywhere you can find this. Yeah, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, Anchor, iTunes, all that stuff. I think you guys know it. I want to thank Diana for uh, joining me here. Uh, It's always a pleasure to have her on. And this is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later.